The eagle soars majestically, the osprey dives gracefully, but the cormorant chokes a whole fish down in one gulp. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. Last week, we learned about the resounding success of alewife restoration efforts across the region due to dam removals and installation of better fish passage. Such efforts have resulted in tremendous revivals of alewife runs, such as on the mighty Penobscot River, which just last year had a run of over 2.1 million fish, a run that is nearly double the human population of the Pine Tree State. This increase in fish is not only a big win for conservation work and for that species in particular, but also represents an enriching in our whole community, fish, local ecosystems, and humans included. As naturalist writer John Muir once wrote, When we try to pick out anything by itself, we find that it is hitched to everything else in the universe. And so it is true for the alewife. There was, and still is, a dwindling group of alewife skeptics that incorrectly believes that alewife reintroductions and restoration would result in the decimation of our inland fisheries. Their main argument centers upon the effects of the invasion of non-native alewives into the Great Lakes back in the 80s. While those alewives did cause irreparable harm to the ecology of the Great Lakes, that situation is very different than our own. Here in New England, alewives are a native species that is integral to the healthy nutrient cycling of many of our inland waters. This is because alewives derive almost all of their food from the bounties of the ocean. When they run upriver to spawn, they bring all those nutrients inland in the form of fat, muscle, and eggs. So where the invasive Great Lakes alewives actually depleted the finite nutrients by maturing in the lakes, Our sea-run alewives instead bring much-needed nutrients inland from the ocean. The net effect is the enriching of our inland waterways, which in turn means bigger fish in our lakes, rivers, and ponds, healthier populations of eagles, osprey, otters, raccoons, and bears, and a prospering fishery that even our human communities can take advantage of. Contemporary reliance on a species can fuel its conservation. Take Ducks Unlimited as an example. When migratory bird populations were declining, a group of hunters formed to fight for conservation efforts to maintain healthy populations of waterfowl. If people are able to have an in-person connection with alewives, whether from fishing and eating them or from simply witnessing the excitement of a productive run, people are much more likely to ensure the alewife populations are healthy. I personally enjoy fishing for and eating alewives where it's legal to do so, And as a result, I'm especially interested in ensuring that their populations continue to thrive. By far, my favorite preparation for the little fish is as smoked kippers. To make smoked kippers, I split and clean each fish down the back from the tip of the nose to the end of the tail, lightly brine it, hang it in the refrigerator to dry until it feels tacky, and then cold smoke it over cherry wood for around 8 hours or until the fish look coppery. To prepare this food for the table, I bring a pot of water to boil, turn off the heat, and add one alewife per person. I close the lid and allow it to sit for five minutes. Once removed from the water, I pull out the bones, section each fish into two fillets, and serve alongside scrambled eggs and toast, a breakfast befitting royalty and swamp Yankees alike. So this weekend, you could head out birding along the banks of one of your local alewife rivers. You will know you're there by the sheer numbers of seabirds on an inland river. If you're lucky, you might even be able to see an eagle or an osprey successfully dive for a fish. 
You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Have a nature question that you want us to answer in our show? Simply reach out to us. Theme music was by a pileated woodpecker made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology.